can we first just start off by just acknowledging the elephant in the room? Coco K is called Coco K, and they <laughs> and they make sure you know that by calling it Perfect Day at Coco no, K. It's wrong though. It should be Coco Key because that's how the Bahamians say K. They say Key. Sam, we may disagree on what we eat for dinner, but girlfriend, you and I are in cahoots when it comes to names, okay? Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast, and we are going to talk to someone close to home, so we are bringing a listener all the way from Bellingham, Washington, an hour north of us, to talk about his first experience cruising, his first experience cruising on Royal Caribbean, and his first experience cruising on Disney Cruise Line. And all of that happened within like the last week. So I want to start by welcoming to our show, Josh. Welcome, Josh. Oh, thanks so much, Brian. I I told you already, but I'll tell the listeners as well. I've been listening to you guys in preparation for my first time on Disney Cruise Line. Gotten a lot of advice and tips and a lot of laughs as well. And I'm super stoked to be here with you guys. We're so happy to talk to you, Josh. This is awesome. I'm glad you still decided to dial in after listening to our tips and then cruising. So we didn't we didn't steer you too <laughs> too bad. Uh, which is good. Well, uh, <laughs> I also I love talking to people about their firsts. And so this is kind of awesome. It's like a triple first for you. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Well, Josh, before we dive in, I've kind of already given away the headline here that first time cruising, first time on Disney. But why don't we just ask, what is your Disney background, Josh? You go to the parks much? Obviously, hadn't cruised with them before, but but are you a Disney fan? Yeah, super good question. So I I grew up going to Disneyland, being on the West Coast, just every now and then. And I think it wasn't until I proposed to my wife at Disney World and so my family and her family did a like a dual family. We had been dating for a long time and we're pretty young. And so when I proposed, it was that trip to Disney World that we both fell in love with Disney. And so we got married and then about a year... Now, it was probably two years after we got married, we lived in Phoenix, Arizona, where annual pass holders to uh, Disneyland, which looking back, those were like the glory days, like 2014. <laughs> And we're like, man, this place is so packed. And now we go back, we're like, oh, we had no idea how good we had it. <laughs> right? Yeah. But that that solidified both of our love for Disney. We really love the parks. Yeah. So we we try to go to the parks at least like once a year, pre-COVID, obviously. Our son, who's four, we've taken him on two or three trips because both sides of our families are very in- involved, our parents. And so each of them wants to go to Disney with the the grandkids. So that makes it great for multiple trips for us. So yeah, that's my experience with Disney. And I'll, I'll kind of jump ahead in kind of my why I was looking into cruising. And a big part of it is I listen to a lot of podcasts about Disneyland, especially, but also Disney World. And I'd heard about the Disney cruises. And every time I heard about it, I went, you know, I think cruising might be something one day that sounds really nice. After having our our second child, our daughter, who's now uh, almost two in December, so she was right before COVID, um, me and my wife both went, you know what sounds like really great would be not to have to prepare any food or clean up any dishes or really deal with where we want to go next or did we get the right fast pass or uh, did we get the My Disney Experience three fast passes (laughs) to Disney World 90 days ahead? Not that you guys have ever done that, right? 
And we're like, <laughs> it would be it would be so good to just sit back and truly enjoy ourselves. And so we booked a cruise. You don't like making dining reservations 120 days in advance. Oh man, I can I can <laughs> hardly decide what I want for breakfast right now. It's like, oh, there's so many options. So Exactly. <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, you are of similar mind to us. We love Disney Cruise Line over going to So like our rank order right now is definitely Disney Cruise Line at the top ahead of the parks um, just for the ease of the vacation and the fun and all of that sort of stuff. So well Josh, I'm curious. So I know that you messaged in and you you originally had what you originally had a different cruise planned on Disney Cruise Line. What was the original cruise that you had planned? Yeah. So we were looking at sailing out of San Diego for a five-night cruise. So that's the one that goes down to um, Cabo San Lucas and then to Ensenada. And so we had booked that and we originally had booked the week... I think it was the week of like the 19th, so September 19th. And that one got canceled. And so we booked the very first one back on the Wonder, which was still that same itinerary five night. And I emailed uh, Brian, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna go on this cruise, and it's gonna be my first cruise." And I, you know, I'd love to be on the show. And he was like, "Hey, love to have you on the show. I've heard a rumor that cruise might not happen." And at that point, <laughs> I was like. Well, I can trust Brian because he knows what he's talking about and he wouldn't just throw that out there. And so I started researching and I was like, ah, farts, this is probably not going to happen. <laughs> At that, so, so I had this like, like instant, like sudden, like panic of like, this is all I've been researching. This is all I've been looking forward to. Like, and so Disney had announced, hey, all the cruises coming up out of Port Canaveral are going to have to be people 12 and older need to be vaccinated. And so I heard that. And when that had happened, I looked to my wife and I went, this is going to be something special because if only 12 and older vaccinated and the hoops that kids have to jump through, I said, I bet they're going to have super low numbers. And then they announced, hey, double dips at Castaway. And I was like, oh, I wish, I wish we could be on a cruise on there. And so literally I called Disney, Brian, after our conversation. And I said, hey, I've heard a rumor. I know you cannot verify or confirm anything, but let's just say I really want to go to Florida. Can you cancel this cruise and move it over? And the lady was, you know, a Disney cast member, very delightful, but was like, I don't know what you're talking about. This cruise is going to happen. We, we, <laughs> we can't cancel this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, oh, okay. And then two days later, I, I think it was like two or three days later, we got the email. Your cruise has been canceled. And I just thought to myself, she lied. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Josh, she didn't yeah, know. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, I, I found that out later when, when I had to call to double check because as you guys have mentioned very well, and I think you can't overstate it, keep checking in every day on COVID you know, restrictions or what you have to do beforehand. And I called when they had updated something about testing. Oh, it was everybody was going to get tested. And I said, hey, I'm going to be on a cruise before I get on my Disney cruise, like the day before. Is that going to be a problem? And the lady on the phone, the cast member was like, uh, actually, that's a really good question. I literally have no idea. This just came out today. I haven't even read through it. So I'm going to read through it real quick and get back to you. I was like, great. Sounds awesome. <laughs> on the cruise planning side of this, Josh, I'm going to keep going with this for a second. So you, you opted to move this cruise, which I'm going to tell you, I think stars align for you because if it's your first Disney cruise, I really advocate stopping a castaway key, picking a cruise that stops a castaway. So I'm really glad that that ended up being the case. But, I, but I'm really curious, how did Royal Caribbean sneak into the mix here? Yeah, so that's such a good question. So 
we had originally planned the five night and I was like, okay, I would love to do a seven night. And everybody who's listening right now is like, welcome to the club, buddy. And so, <laughs> exactly. yeah. and so I looked at the four night and I had booked through Costco travel, which I'll talk a little bit later about, about some of my regrets with that. But I booked through Costco travel. And so I saw the four night on the dream about the same time frame, And we had my in-laws and my parents plan to babysit the kids while we were gone. And so I booked the four night like right away, basically. And the veranda staterooms were the cheapest option, which is just how often does that happen that a veranda is cheaper than an inside room? And so that was like, I want to say it was like $900 a night per person. So it was $1,800. And I was like, you know what? Like, I would love to do a three night on Disney beforehand. The three night price was like $800 per person. And I'm like, I don't know if I can justify that. And so just for kicks and giggles, I went, I wonder if there's other cruises going out of Cape Canaveral or Port Canaveral. And sure enough, Royals popped up and the price for an ocean view was like $180 a person. I, so I look, I look at my wife and, and my wife is like, uh, I don't know. We, we probably shouldn't. Like, we should probably just pull the trigger on the Disney one. But my, my cheapness was like, how bad could it be? And so, uh, which is a great setup because uh, I will not give any inclination how good or bad it was. But um, so the all in price, I think, was like $600 for both of us together for the three night on Royal Caribbean. Wow. That's incredible. Ocean view. Ocean view. Yeah. So that was, so that was not a balcony. That was just an ocean view room. Yeah. Three nights. And it actually was like $580. Which, which ship? Which ship? Uh, it was the Mariner of the Seas. So it was it was the same size as the Dream, about the same size. It was probably a little bit shorter, but felt very similar. Well, and it's it's interesting that you ended up on Royal of, of all cruise lines because people always, when they're doing a compare and contrast with Disney Cruise Line, they always put Royal in the same category. And so they're, they're always comparing Royal to Disney. And I think it's really because they market to mostly the same demographic. Yeah. And and you nailed it, right? With families and activities. And I don't think I knew that. I had listened to one of your guests and he he was the guy, I forget his name. I, I apologize to him. He had done a ton of cruises and he said for him and his grandkids, he loved Royal Caribbean. And I remember hearing that and going, interesting. Like I wonder, he's done a Disney, he still sticks with the Royal Caribbean. So anyway, it matched up perfectly. So it was, we left on Royal on a Friday. We got back on a Monday, and then literally we left on the dream that same Monday. Well, let me ask one question about your Royal Caribbean cruise around the protocols. We've talked at nauseum. So for our listeners out there, we've talked at nauseum about the Disney protocols right now. Plenty of fodder out there for that. And as Josh has already alluded to, it's you know full testing and full vaccination and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm curious, what are Royal Caribbean's protocols right now, Josh? Are they different than what Disney is, uh, Disney is yes, doing? Yes, they are different in that every vaccinated person, and, and a reminder, anybody sailing to the Bahamas has to be vaccinated 12 and older. We needed to get a test done within, I think it was two days before. So we had to get the test done on Wednesday and our cruise left Friday. For kids, I could be wrong on this, but I think kids had to be tested three days before the cruise and then 24 hours before. So they had to do a dual test, kind of like what Disney does. But no at, no at port no, testing. No at port testing that I was aware of. Again, not for adults, could have been for children. But w- since we didn't have kids, obviously we weren't paying as much attention to that. 
the one nice thing that Royal Caribbean did, you could buy a PCR rapid test that they mail to your house and you take with a live person on your on your phone through like a FaceTime call. And those those were thirty dollars each. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, it might have been like thirty five, but you know, forgive me that five dollars. But literally two weeks two weeks <laughs> before we got them to our house, like two weeks before, and they sat on the counter. I woke up at like five a.m. the Wednesday that I could take the test because I was like, if this thing is it comes back positive, I have to figure something else out. It literally took me start to finish twenty minutes from the comfort of my home, definitely in my pajamas with some bedhead. <laughs> my wife took hers a couple hours later and we knew the result instantly and it was it was negative and we were good to go. I will say that is a winner over what uh, Disney setup is right now because you can do the at-home test but definitely costs a pretty penny more than 30 or $35 a person. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, over, it's like over $100 a person and you have to mail them in. I have I have a follow-up question on the testing because you had no time in between your Royal Cruise and your Disney Cruise. D- did you have to do anything extra? I guess you didn't because you were already vaccinated, right? Correct. And so I, so after we booked those cruises, both of them, I kind of had another panic moment of, I wonder if you're traveling internationally for Disney, if that would be an issue. And so that's why I made that phone call after her having to dive in deeper. She was like, nope, you'll be totally fine. They're going to test you at the port since you're vaccinated. Everything should be good. And sure enough, it was. I would caution people with children to try this setup because if they're under 12 and they're unvaccinated, I have a feeling they're you're within that window to get a test. Like you need to get a test. Well, so let, let me ask this just so we know the comparison here. The Royal was a three night. The Disney was a four night. Four night on the Dream. Double dip at Castaway Key. Was it Halloween on the high seas as well? Correct. Yes. The Royal Caribbean three night. I know you got to stop at Perfect Day, right? Yeah, we went Nassau Day whatever two and then perfect day at Coco K and then back to Cape Canaveral. How did you find the offerings on board Royal Josh in terms of activities and dining and things like this? This is not an Oasis class ship. So it's not the mega mega ship. It's uh, one of the older uh, ships or older uh, classes of ship in the Royal fleet. So I'm just curious what, what was it like in terms of the dining and activities and capacity even how was capacity on board? Yeah, capacity was super similar to our Disney cruise. So we'll start with our Royal Caribbean cruise. When we showed up and got dropped off, we um, got a rental car to Cape Canaveral because we stayed in a hotel the night before. That is... I don't know if I've heard heard you guys talk about that, but if you drop a rental car nearby, they have shuttles, which is very convenient. So we did that on our way in and on our way out, and we're very happy we did. So literally, we show up at the at the port. They grabbed our bags. We went through security and, and customs or whatever it is, and we stepped on the ship at Royal in 35, maybe 40 minutes from when we got dropped off. So that went really good. How much of the check-in process were you able to do before with Royal? Was it, was it similar to what Disney does, uploading the security photos and all that? I mean... Yeah. What, what was that process like? Yeah. Yeah. So we uploaded our pictures, our passports, our vaccination cards. Everything was almost entirely the same. And does Royal hand out like a key to the world card like Disney does uh, when you get on board? Yep. It is sitting waiting at your door just like Disney does. And I think you're going to hear that a lot, that Royal does a lot of things like Disney. And it sounds like they've really come a long way over the last couple of years to compete more at Disney. As far as offerings go, I thought the offerings for activities was really good. They had trivia. They had late night evening shows. They have an ice rink, I think, on all of their bigger ships. 
And the iShow was very good. Like me and my wife were both very impressed with the quality of the talent on on the ice. The storytelling isn't as good, but uh, then again, it's more about the ice skating. The outdoor activities, they had two slides. They had the, oh, what's it called? It's the surfer. It's the surf simulator. Oh, the wave rider? Yeah. And me and my wife both did that and we loved it and had a great time. And my, my wife was uh, is not very uh, sports outgoing, but I am and she, she had a good time on it. Um, so yeah, I felt like activities, trivia, bingo, obviously you have the casino if that's up your alley. We're not big gamblers, so that didn't attract us at all. But I felt like the offerings were really good. They also have the typical cruise stuff that you maybe don't see pushed on Disney as much with duty-free alcohol purchases, <laughs> art galleries, all the stuff I just said no and smiled and walked away from. <laughs> the dining options, they have a ton of extra pay for dining options. We don't want to pay for anything additional on a Royal Caribbean one. We did dinner at Palo, so we knew we were going to do that. But we just wanted to do the normal dining room, non they don't have rotational dining, and just see if you don't go to nicer restaurants, how is your food experience? And I felt like the main dining room and the buffet that they have, which is very much like Cabana's, and the food on Coco Cay, all of that was very good. The only other options that they have available is on Coco Cay, and that's all the upgrade for the water park, or they have cabanas, or they have a, an adults-only area with different food and beverage. And we didn't do any of that. We didn't pay for any of those things. We just enjoyed the free options on the cruise. How was your stateroom, Josh, on board? I think Disney is known for having pretty nice staterooms and pretty big staterooms comparatively in the same kind of category or class of cruise. What what? How was the stateroom on Royal in terms of size and, and storage and things like that? Yeah. So for Royal, we did guarantees on both these cruises. For Royal, we did the guaranteed ocean view. And we got the very front of the ship, which I was glad to hear after I think one of the people, one of the guests on your show said they were above the engines and could feel it. So we were happy about that. <laughs> we were literally, our, our ocean view was out the front of the boat, which was very cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's a nice view. And that room had, it felt like additional space because it was on a corner, you know? And so the room felt very spacious. And the bathroom, they have a single bathroom. But both me and my wife were pleasantly surprised with, we, we had space to put our, our suitcases out. Uh, there is not under bed storage for your suitcases, but the core was not as nice as Disney. The, amen, the um, toiletries weren't as nice. But honestly, for what we paid, we were both very surprised at how nice it was. And, and uh, I guess to hop over to Disney for a second. What kind of stateroom did you have with uh, with them on that cruise? Yeah, so we had a guaranteed uh, veranda on that cruise, and their stateroom. I mean, obviously, when we walked in, you could tell just the the little touches were nicer, the underbed storage. But oddly enough, we felt like we had way more room in the room itself on our Ocean View Royal Caribbean room. But I think it also was just we had just come off something that we had gotten used to. And now we were trying to figure out the new way to operate. So you mentioned main dining on Royal. So just, it's just one dining room, correct? And, and is it staggered seating? How does it, how does it work? And, and how did, did you find the food quality to be just comparable to Disney or, or what did you think? Yeah. So again, um, so I'll start with, they have two seatings just like Disney does. I think theirs are five thirty and eight. We did the early seating on both of our cruises Royal Caribbean also has this thing called My Time Dining, which is like pick when you want to dine. But it honestly sounds like a headache because you have to pick your time and then like make a reservation or like try to let them know what time you're coming. And so we quickly steered away from that. Um, you sit in the exact same location 
at the same table with the same wait staff. Royal has their classic or or yeah, their classic options that are there for all the meals. So for dinner, they have classic options that you can get at every meal, whether that be, you know, beef tenderloin or um, escargot. And then they have like a rotating menu as well. And I believe for breakfast, for breakfast, you it's like it's kind of like going to breakfast on a Disney ship. They just sit you in an area, a different area than you normally sit with a different waiting staff. But yeah, you stay in the same spot every night and the dining room is very big and there's three stories to it. So we're on the main floor and and we really like that. Royal Caribbean, we went thinking, for lack of better terms, this is going to be like a butt crack cruise, but we're going to make our way through it. And <laughs> it might be a little stinky and sweaty and the food is probably going to be subpar, but it's going to be fine. And the first night dining, our wait staff was phenomenal. I instantly connected with our, our primary guy and our food was very, very good. The first night they had escargot. And so I saw the escargot on the menu at, at Royal the first night. And I was like, oh, I got to try this because I'm going to try it on Disney. And that escargot on Royal Caribbean, I was like, this is the best thing I have ever had in my life. <laughs> the first night I ordered three orders of them. And literally, I, <laughs> I, I had to tell my waiter the next night, I was like, hey, I can only order one of these. And if I ask you for another one, you need to say no. And I, <laughs> I, I kid you not, like 10 minutes later, I was like, hey, can I get another escargot? And he's like, oh, of course. And I looked at him and I said, how dare you? And he just almost <laughs> fell over laughing. It was I great. So anyway, the food was very good. You got a direct comparison now. Escargot on Royal versus escargot on Disney. How, who came out ahead there, Josh? So, so first thing, our first evening sitting was at Royal Palace on Disney. And so we, we had planned our trip where we were going to be in every rotational dining. And then one night we went to Apollo. And that was pirate night, which sounds like we, we made the right choice there. You made the right choice. Thank you. Yeah. And so the, see, I told you I'm a researcher and I, I figured these things out. So the first night we're at Royal Palace and I said, hey, I would love to get the escargot. And I would love to get the black truffle pasta from Art of, Art of Animation, or not Art of Animation. Animators. Yeah. Animators. Palette, yeah. Animators, forgive me. Yep. Forgive me. And the, the waiter looks at me. He goes, oh, let me go double check real quick. And I went, oh, I, I've heard there's never a problem. I, in my head, I thought that. And he came back and he goes, hey, Animators Palette isn't open today. I'm so sorry. And I was like, what? And so... Yeah, because because if the capacity is low enough, they close down one of the restaurants. They only do two night. instead yeah. of three. Correct, which was a super big curveball to me right away of like, that's a bummer. And it turned out every night, one of the dining rooms was closed. And so anyway, so I order, I order the escargot and I, I thought to myself, if Royal Caribbean's escargot is like one, it was like Parmesan crusted on top. I, I can't talk about it too much or else I'm going to salivate and drool. And anyway, I was like, Disney's has got to be as good. Like that was, that was my expectation. I didn't think it was going to be better. It had to be as good. And my first bite, I just look at my wife and I go, this ain't it, chief. This ain't it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and my body is like built on, you know, garlic and butter, but still it just <laughs> didn't, it just didn't have the same, it, it just wasn't there. And, and really it was, I finished it, but I didn't really want to, if I'm being completely honest, it, it just wasn't there. Listen, no, that's it's, fair. it's okay. It's fair. I think that's, yeah. Like I said, I actually don't think DCL's escargot is it's something I always get. It's so funny. I say this it's because I always get it. It's not my favorite of the appetizers and I wouldn't put it in my top like five items from DCL. 
I enjoy it, but my comment would be, I think for Disney Cruise Line, you have to you have to kind of eat through the menu a little bit a bit to find there are some hits and misses on the menus. Like I'll just put it that way. And there are people who love some of the things that I think are misses. And um, there are things, you know, it's it's they're hit and misses for everybody. Does that make sense? Like, right. so, well, and then there's things like Brian and I, right? There's certain dishes he really likes that I'm like meh about and say and vice versa. We still haven't gotten the download on the truffle percents here, Josh. So <laughs> we didn't like, have them on night one, Brian. <laughs> we didn't have them on night one, but he did have them, and and it sounds like they may have they may have under underwhelmed. I mean, he he may have only been whelmed. <laughs> I am not going to avoid the question because I will answer the question, but I I want to give a setup because I think this is important. And and Brian and Sam, I feel like you guys will understand this. When I when we first went on the cruise and I asked for coffee, they said, "How's the coffee?" And I said, "Oh, it's really good." And I said, "We're from Seattle," and they looked at us like. Oh, you probably don't like it. And and I always tell people, I'm not a coffee snob because I live in the Seattle area. But anytime you get outside of it, everybody and their brother would agree that I'm a coffee snob because I, I know way more. I've tried way more coffees. I lived in Portland for two years and that's like coffee mecca. And so my, my palate is heightened, but I'm not an expert. And when it comes to food, I me and my wife both realize the same thing. We are very fortunate where we live in the Seattle area that we have amazing food. We have great Indian food. We have seafood galore. I mean, we, me, both me and my wife grew up eating freshly caught crab and salmon all the time. I'm not a foodie and I would never say that I am, but I've had so many very high-end dining experiences that I'm not afraid to admit when something isn't super high-end, but it's still good. So anyway, coming bringing that full circle to all of my dining reviews, I felt like the black truffle pasta was just okay. Like I, 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 I wouldn't say it was good. I didn't order it again. I didn't order a second one. I wasn't looking forward to it. Mine was a bit room temperature. So I was just going to ask you that, Josh, because I have to say, so I we've I've had obviously the black truffle persets multiple times, and if they are they're not good when they're like cold or room temperature because the cheese gets too hard or congealed or whatnot. And it's, they're not bad. Like I would still, I'll still eat them. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. And they, and they weren't And my first bite. I was like, this is not good. And my, my wife ordered them as well. And she liked them. Like she thought they were pretty good. And I was like, honestly, I would not recommend those. And it, I'm very happy you said that, Sam. Because next time I go, I'm looking forward to trying a hotter version. But even even the fact that it wasn't hot, the flavor profile, the tr- I felt like the truffle wasn't as pronounced as I would like it to be. And it just kind of, I don't know, it, it, it just wasn't that great in my opinion. So I'll try it again next time. Listen, that's okay. You're you're okay. You're you're allowed to be wrong first. <laughs> but true, true. I'm just I'm just way to, way to tell the guests to just sit there and be wrong and it's wrong to see. I'm very very fun, very nice of you. <laughs> For me, it just comes back to when it comes to onboard dining on Disney Cruise Line, you gotta remember, I think, three things. One is there are hits and misses on those menus. I've had lots of hits, I've had lots of misses. I've had dishes that I've had before not come out the same way I remember them being in the past. Two, it's at the end of the day, main dining is still catering food. So they are making lots of something for a broad palette of people. And so that doesn't always win out the day, right? It's not always a shining example and it's not made to order. So that's that's number two. 
And number three, there are just no right answers or wrong answers when it comes to dizzy dining, with one exception, which I'm going to talk to Josh about right now, which is Palo Brunch. But I don't know. You mentioned you went to Palo, Josh. Did you do Palo Brunch or Palo Dinner? I think you said dinner, actually. Yes. So I, I just want to wrap up real quick before we talk about Palo. Brian, I think your point is super valid and people need to hear that. If you've ever gotten steak or chicken from a wedding, when you're doing catering, when you're doing mass servings, it's not going to be as good as a smaller portion. And that was something that we said on both cruises was we had to manage our expectations. And remember, this is large quantities. This is not specialty. And when you have a healthy mindset of that, I believe it helped us enjoy the foods more. Overall, my, uh, me and my wife were talking on the flight home we both had items that we liked on each of the cruises. She believes that the dining overall was better on Disney. I believe overall they were pretty tied. I thought breakfast was better on Disney. I thought dinner was comparable to Royal Caribbean. And I thought the buffets were, were a tie as well. So maybe Disney's breakfast eked it out for me, but I felt like it was very close. So that was my, my cumulative review of, of the dining of the two ships. Moving on to Paulo, our Paulo experience was very good. And I think our waiter had a, a great part in that as well. Our, our waiter's name was Sasa. And I say that, S-A-S-A, because I, I literally... Uh, and, and again, remember everyone, crazy extrovert. I talked to everybody. I saw the... Ca- I don't know if he's called a captain, but the guy in the white jacket with all the stripes on his shoulder who's over food service... And I was like, oh, I'll be right back. And my wife's like, here Josh goes again, like talking to people. And I went over to him and I said, hey... Sasa is the real deal. And he looked at me and he just like rolled his eyes. He's like, Sasa's been here. Everybody says he's the best. I already know it. Like, this is nothing new. And I said, great. I just want to make sure you don't forget it. Right. So. Yeah. We had him as our waiter at Paulo on the dream as well. So just back in August, he was our, he was our waiter. He was lovely. I remember we chatted with him a bunch about how got to like take his kindergartner to school uh, when he was home during the pandemic. Yeah. And and I think a big part of that, and this is another thing, the service pace and speed and being on the ball right away, Disney really dropped the ball there. When we first got on the ship, the first thing we did was we went to lunch and it was at, I keep wanting to say Art of Animation, but I know it's Animator's Palette. <laughs> And and the ser- the food was fine. The service was really bad. Like I'll, I'll just be honest, it was bad. We sat down and we literally sat there for like seven minutes, and nobody came and asked us for a drink or filled up our water. And so I had to go grab somebody and be like, "Hey, are are we being taken care of here?" And they apologized profusely. I think it was an overlooked thing, but our lunch probably took us a total of two hours because of. How- because of how slow everything was. And I was like, and I thought to myself, maybe it's because it's lunch on the first day and they don't have that many things prepared. We didn't order anything special. We just ordered off the menu. We, we have no allergies. We're the easiest people to serve. But the pace was very slow and we felt overlooked. And we also definitely had some interesting characters around us, which I wish I could go into more detail. But all I got to say is there are some characters out there who are cruisers period. We'll move on. (laughs) And then that first night at dinner as well, the service was not very good. I loved our server. I loved our assistant server. By the third night, they figured it out. And our service on the last night was really good. On Royal Caribbean, our service from the beginning was spot on. They were ready for us. Everything came out and it was paced perfectly. 
And it was a joy. For Disney, it felt like the wheels had fallen off and they got them back on at the end. But jumping over to Palo experience with Sasa was like, this is what we felt on Royal Caribbean and have been missing is good pacing, good interaction for our main seating. And we were so... that I think more than the food and the food was excellent, that really stood out to us about Palo. Wow. I'm surprised that your main dining service was just... Well, I'm not surprised about lunch on the first day. I really don't usually like going to main dining breakfast or for lunch. I really do prefer cabanas in normal times before the, you know, sort of the limited selections. Um, because I feel like when you don't have your normal wait staff and you're not seated at your normal table and everybody's showing up sort of at random times in the main dining, I don't feel like the pacing and the service is nearly as good as it is for the dinner. And part of me wondered if dinner had been all three of the restaurants open and then ours was the first one with two because the first night, um, service in the evening the first night was fine. And like I said, they really hit their stride the last time. But the the main server and the assistant, I mean, those guys were hustling and they were sweating and you could tell they felt behind the ball. You know, and and again, I'm I love the crew. I get to, I got to know our server and assistant so well. One thing I do, I go out of my way to get to know the crew, especially those who are serving me. So the first thing I ask is, where else do you work? Because they never just work at the dining rooms; they work at cabanas or they go over to Castaway. And so what I do is I quickly figure out where else they work and when they work there. And then I go out of my way to go find them and have a conversation with them at their next shift. And the reason being is that I found... This was said by somebody on the Royal Caribbean before one of the shows. was like, hey, you're going to get as much out as you're willing to participate in it. And that's how I feel with staff anywhere. And And I mean anywhere in all of life, but I felt that so much on the cruise that I got so much out of my cruise experience from all of my staff because I wanted to get to know them. I wanted them to know, hey, I'm not just here to consume from you as an employee. I'm a person who values you as a person and is appreciative of what you're doing to make my experience great. And that made the experience so much better. I think you're totally right, Josh, though, about the way you interact with the cast members on, on any cruise ship, on any cruise line. You know, if you make the effort to get to know them and to find out where, not just where they're from, like what country they're from, but like where they're from, right? Like who they are as a person, what, you know, what, why are they working on a cruise ship? Who's at home waiting for them? Those kinds of things. I do think that those crew members, one, it enriches your life to find out more about them, but two, you will get better service. You will get, more interaction, you will get a, a more fun experience when you really dig into who they are and care about who they are. Well, Josh, you mentioned some activities and things that you did over on the Royal Caribbean ship. I'm curious now that we're sort of bouncing back and forth between the two, what were your impressions of the activities available on Disney Cruise Line? Obviously, big difference is characters. You know, Disney also no wave rider, but has you know the aqueduct has some adult pool areas that you know I'm not sure Royal segregates the ship in the same way with adult versus uh, all family areas but what you know compare and contrast here the experience you had with some of the activities on board between the two cruises yeah i i thought royal caribbean was was fine with the activities like um that's how i felt like i felt like yeah this was good disney obviously i feel like that's their sweet spot 
is attention to detail and being magical in everything you do. And so the aqueduct was great. I felt like the pools were really good. So we did Match Your Mate. Of course, I convinced them to allow me and my wife to be on stage. So that was really fun. <laughs> oh my God, so fun. Yeah, so so we did that. I mean, when we go somewhere, we go all in. So we went to all the shows that we could on Royal Caribbean. Again, they had like a, their main shows. They had the ice skating show and I felt like that was their best one. They did like a... It, it was just all of their talent coming up doing different things. So they had a juggler and they had a house band and that was pretty good one night. They had an Elson John tribute that we both went in. Like we didn't think this was going to be very good. And I, I'm a musician and the, the guy absolutely killed it. And this was on Royal Caribbean. And so we felt like their entertainment was, was good, like fine. Disney in every way I feel like is a, is a notch above. I felt like the atmosphere was cleaner. All the staff was friendlier. Beauty and the Beast was amazing. Right? Right? Like, <laughs> like me and my wife were both like, that was so good. And we've gone to a lot of shows in Seattle. You know, we've, we went to Lion King. That was the last one we went to. That was Disney. So that was a while ago. But coming out of Lion King live in, in Seattle, we're like, that was really good. And when we got on and, and they said at the beginning, Beauty and the Beast is one of the only shows that has won an award and happens to be on a cruise line. And I was like, uh, I bet they just like barely won that award. And halfway through the show, I'm like, give them more awards. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a broad. It is really that Beauty and the Beast production is really a Broadway quality production. Yeah. And, and that was that was very, very impressive. We did animation class and that was really good, just like they have at Disney World or Disneyland. We felt like it was very similar. I'm trying to think what else. We did the putt-putt golfs. We went in most all the hot tubs and the pools. We also saw Believe. I And again, I feel like I'm I saying things knowing people are going to throw stones at me, but I just can't help but be honest. Um, Believe was just okay. That's what I... <laughs> that's what I expected. An old Disney cruise ship a musical would be and you, you mean the the man in the flower <laughs> yeah yeah i i went in going i bet this is not gonna be that as good as beauty and the beast and i literally was like maybe and then after like the first two acts i was like yeah this this isn't beauty and the beast but it was fine it was fine co the cove bar was great um the cove lounge or the coffee shop my wife got a cold brew that was excellent and you guys loving coffee like we do, it was it was very good. Uh, I I daydreamed about the treats in the in the pastry case at the at the Cove Coffee, and those did not turn out to be very good. They looked very good, but we didn't think they tasted that great. But that's that's kind of a side note. And then all of the adult clubs or lounges, we thought all of those are really cool. Yeah, I'm bummed that you didn't get to see Skyline. Uh, that would have been a fun. It's it's closed right now just for the drink tastings. I I think probably still was when you were on board. That's one of the coolest spots I think for the adult side of things. We we checked it out. There was no sign, and I swung the door open and walked in in the middle of a drink tasting. So it looked really cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that was cool just to see that we did the beer tasting together, my wife and I. And that was really cool. We're beer drinkers and we thought 687, I think is what it was called, was really good. We also went there on happy hour and they had... That was one thing. The drinks on Royal Caribbean, they push the drink package like no other. And unless you get a bunch of bottled water and a bunch of coffee drinks and a bunch of alcoholic drinks, you have to drink a whole lot to make it worth it. And that's just not us. 
And so we didn't get that. And we felt like options for alcohol on Royal Caribbean were limited and expensive. We felt like on Disney, the, the options for alcohol were huge and the prices were very affordable. We went into 687 on happy hour one night and I asked the guy, I said, what's happy hour? And I thought he said, everything is 50 cents off, which I was like, oh, like that's a happy hour. But then when I got the bill, it was 50% off. And so beers were like $3. And I was like, where can you get a beer on draft for $3? That's amazing. And, and we found that at other happy hours in, the, in those nightclub areas. And so we thought that was amazing for adults. Like they really catered well. The environments were very low-key and chill. And it was, it was just a great time. So the, a big topic we haven't talked about yet, so I want to get us there, which is perfect day at Coco Cay. You read my mind. Yeah. And Castaway Key, right? So you got to experience both within a one-week period, and, and actually you got to experience Castaway twice. Uh, I'm curious about what you thought of Coco Cay first, and then obviously we want to hear what you thought about Castaway. And I, I, I'm also curious as to what activities you did or what beaches you went to on each because I know that both have adults area and uh, and family areas and then Coco K has some additional charge areas and if you checked any of those out. Yeah. Can we first just start off by just acknowledging the elephant in the room? Coco K is called Coco K and they <laughs> and they make sure you know that by calling it perfect day at coco no k it's wrong though it should be coco key because that's how the bahamians say k they say key sam we may disagree on what we eat for dinner but girlfriend you and i are in cahoots when it comes to <laughs> names okay yeah cuz i when i went into nassau i was talking to um some of the cuz I, I went i went and found some locals and just chatted them up as, as of course per usual. You did. Of course I did. <laughs> of course did. And they were like, oh, you know, they were like, brother, have you been to, to Coco Key? And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to Coco Key to, tomorrow. And he's like, brother, it's Coco Key. And I was like, cool, <laughs> cool. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because I know you're right. But anyway, so yeah, we went into Coco Key thinking this, this looks really good. But if you're not paying the pretty steep price for the water park, and again, we did not want to go snorkeling on Coco I'm going to say the key. And just K say wrong. key. Just yeah, say key. Yeah. It's supposed to be key. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm calling it what they're marketing it as. Okay, Sam. So uh, we did not go snorkeling in Coco K, but we did check out all the beaches. I'm a runner as well. And so I started the day off running around Coco Key and seeing all the different beaches. The, the first thing we noticed, there was two cruise ships at Coco K. One of the areas, which is called South Beach, it was closed. Our waiter told us the night before, hey, you've got to go to South Beach. Like That is the place to go. And so we went and found a spot. But basically, all the main beaches were pretty packed. And since they, from what we could tell, had less chairs and they were socially distanced, most spots in the good areas were taken. And there was a lot of people there. And we're not uncomfortable with that uh, as far as COVID protocols go. And it didn't, it did not feel unsafe. I thought on both cruises, everybody did good with protocols. Um, but anyway, it was just a more crowded feel. Eventually, I remembered where South Beach was supposed to be. And my wife was just kept like, we have to go to South Beach. We have to go to South Beach. And I was like thinking, I ran everywhere I could. I wonder where it was. And so we literally had to go on the tram path, which is where I was running. 
And there was one area and we saw people walking towards South Beach, but it said like this area is closed. And so I kind of looked at her and I was like, well, if there's other people going, we should go. And so we strolled up on South Beach and it was like paradise. Like they had one like quick service open and there was like a, a couple of chairs and people are playing volleyball. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then the lifeguard was like, hey, are you staff or are you guests? Oh. And we're like, <laughs> that is the staff beat for their day off. Yeah. And I, and I realized, oh, we're the only ones with the vaccinated bracelets that just say we're vaccinated and nobody else's because this is all staff. And so they politely asked us to leave. But I was like, man, South Beach is really nice. Yeah. Well, it's really nice that they let the staff have that, you know, that space to themselves, especially if it's a really nice beach. Yeah. And I felt like with the double ships, they needed that space open to give people a little more breath. But overall, the the beaches were very nice. Lots of sand, you know, clear waters, just like Castaway. The one thing that we both really enjoyed was the huge swimming pool that had sand as well on the sides where your beach loungers were. And so we we spent half of the day on the beach and then half of the day on the pool beach area. And we felt like it was really nice. And, and so overall, we thought Coco Cay was going to be okay. And we thought it was just okay. Castaway Key, we thought was going to be extraordinary and our favorite place in the world. And Castaway Key is extraordinary and our favorite place in the world. Like it is just... <laughs> I love it. It's just, it's awesome. And so, um, yeah, I started off uh, despite running... Despite there being no pool... Yeah, despite there being no pool, they didn't need it because capacity was so low. I, I don't think I ever said there was eleven or twelve hundred people on the dream for our, our sailing and pretty limited amount of, of kids that I could tell. But yeah, castaway, like I started off by running and so I went down the both bike paths. There's one down on the far end of Serenity, and that was really nice. It's just a straight shot. But we checked out all the areas. We did the bike and snorkel and float rentals for both days. And they, they have kind of like a discount package. And we we used both of them. My wife really enjoyed the bikes. I'm an avid biker. And so, of course, I had a great time on the bikes. And I uh, asked the staff if I could wheelie the bike, if she would give it to me for free. And she said, absolutely not. But I would love to see you try to wheelie <laughs> these. And I... <laughs> and you better believe your butt. I impressed her that day wheeling a cruiser. So. Anyway, um, the biking was super fun. I felt like the paths were very clear and it was a good time. The snorkeling we thought was fun. We've done a lot of snorkeling in Hawaii because we really enjoy going to Hawaii. Normally, we'll go to the parks once a year and go to Hawaii as like just the two of us every like two years or so. We've, we thought the snorkeling as far as the uh, wildlife and fish uh, was just fine. But it was really cool to see the uh, Mickey and Minnie and uh, Prince Eric and whoever else was in there. Yeah. And I will I will say to everyone, because this is just like my personality type, like I'm a completist. So when I heard there's new stuff, I, I was like, I'm going to find every single one. And so <laughs> I went to every single buoy. I like went on the whole outskirts perimeter. And one, that snorkeling place is ginormous. And if you are not comfortable in the water, it is exhausting. But also, I, I couldn't find everything. So I'm wondering if maybe it, they're not all marked yet with the buoys. And it's a more f like, just try to find them on your own. And that's why I missed them. Which did you prefer is between the Family Beach and Serenity Bay if you made it over there? Yes, um, we made it over to Serenity Bay. And we prefer the Family Beach. We found a spot right, literally right next to the cabanas 
on the family beach where the the slides are, that family beach. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, near Pelican Plunge. Yeah. Yes, near Pelican Plunge. And so we found that spot right at the beginning of the day because we got off the, the, the boat as soon as we could. And that spot was just spectacular. And we, we were there for both days. We also went and hung out at Serenity to get the lunch, the barbecue there. And then we went and went in the water for just like a half hour. And we thought that was nice. But our spot was so perfect at the family beach with the music and the very low, there was like nobody around and the noise was, there was no issues with loud kids or anything. And we have two kids, so we don't even notice it. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, that, that spot was great. And I, both days at four o'clock, I was like to to my wife, Kristen, I was like, you know, we have to get on the ship eventually. Right. And she's like, just give me five more minutes. Like like she, (laughs) that, that was her happy place. So I want to ask a couple of general takeaways because this was your your first two cruise experiences. And you had mentioned something earlier about uh, booking through Costco. So I was curious what you thought of booking through Costco. Would you do it again? Would you do anything different? Yeah. And so every time I hear Brian you know, take a break. And it's, uh, you know, with both of you guys, but Brian's like, Hey, I have to talk about touring plans, travel. I just think to myself, touring plans are, are, you know, the travel agencies, they're okay, but do you really need them? You can probably figure it out on your own. And after this trip, I was like, why have I not listened to Brian earlier? (laughs) Our Royal Caribbean cruise, I, I like kept checking and I noticed the price dropped. And so I don't know if touring plans does other cruise lines. Do do they? They do. Okay. They do. I, I knew that because I've heard you guys say it. I was just verifying. And so I called Costco Travel. I first I had to call Disney and ask them a question. And they're like, well, you book through Costco. So you have to call Costco. They're your travel agency. Costco was like slammed because everybody's canceling their cruises or their cruise is getting canceled. And so finally, when I got through to them to say, hey, the Royal Caribbean price is different. Or hey, I have a question about the Disney cruise. With Royal Caribbean, they're like, oh, they just closed five minutes ago. And I was like, oh, great. And they're like, yeah, can you can you call back tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, but isn't don't you get paid to call me back tomorrow? So anyway, that was that I I spent many hours on hold and in frustration. And literally, as I'm on hold one time, like trying to plan the perfect time to interact with Royal Caribbean, I just thought to myself, if only there was a travel agency called Turing Plans Travel that I could have booked <laughs> this vacation through they could be sitting on hold for me with a smile on their face <laughs> and I could be out playing with my kids or painting a picture somewhere. So anyway, <laughs> I'll do you one better, Josh, which is I got an email unsolicited without checking anything from our travel agent about two weeks ago saying that she had rebooked our Norwegian cruise line cruise at a lower rate and here was our savings and a new invoice was on the way. So didn't even have to think about it because she's already doing it. So yes, that's why we love them. <laughs> and, and of course, we put the plug in for touring plans because that's who we use and they're a sponsor of our show. Any travel agent that you use other than these corporate ones like Costco will do those things for you. Anyone who's sort of at one of the regular travel agencies will do those kinds of things for you or should do those kinds of things for you. So uh, the other thing I wanted to ask was, obviously, you said you got the uh, the bug. I wanted to know any takeaways of, you know, things that maybe you think you did wrong and you do it differently if you could redo it or you're just going to do it differently the next time. Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I, like I said, I, I love to research and I love to listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos and know the, the, the design of the ship. 
I don't feel like we necessarily did anything wrong. I think the one thing that was most surprising or that I was like, oh, I wish I would have maybe known that earlier. The ships look so big on video in people's video. But in reality, it, they're they're still very huge. Like they're, they're very big ships, but they're it was a smaller atmosphere than I thought. And you learn the lay of the land very quick and it, it's not, you, you don't feel like you're getting lost constantly. And so that was one surprise. As far as what I would do in the future, yeah, I, I think the only thing is uh, just to book early and often. And I, and I mean that like very seriously is like, I realize now cruising is not always going to be like this. Prices are going to go up. You're not going to be able to book things last minute at great rates. And so putting placeholders in, looking f- at future agendas for uh, me and my wife and our kids and also for us is going to be the best thing for us. And to never stop learning. like, And not to in any way give you guys a plug, but I have a desire to learn more about cruising after I had just finished my cruises, even with all of the research I did because I want to make sure I'm on the ball and that I'm I'm in the know. So that's kind of where I, what I feel like I've learned the most. As we wrap up here, Josh, I wanted to ask one more targeted question, which is just, did you get a chance to check out the kids' clubs? Oh, yeah. Your wife and you enjoyed yourself, but are you looking forward to getting your kids on board? Yeah. My wife, on the second day at Castaway, um, stayed on the, the ship to check out all the kids' clubs. And obviously, she loved it. And so our, our son's four, our daughter is one. And so, yes, we are very, very much looking forward to taking our kids on the ships. That that was the other thing. It obvious, and it's obvious, but I think I need to say it because I hope people realize how huge of a Disney fan I am. Is I left that cruise experience going. This is where I want to bring my family, and this is the memories that I want to make with them. I want my kids to play in the sand at, at Castaway Key, and I would love to watch the shows with them. And I'm so looking forward to doing that with the kids. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to rapid fire. Is that right, Brian? Yeah. Take it away for uh, for rapid fire, a little bit different rapid fire this evening, I believe, right, Tim? Yeah. So this is going to be a versus edition. We've done a couple of versus editions before. We've done a Disneyland versus Disney World before. And I think we've actually done a Royal versus DCL before. And so that's what we're going to do here. This is going to be the answer is going to be either Royal or Disney. Got it. I'm ready. I wish I, had, I wish I had that sound of like the boxing bell. I'm going to find that for the recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So pre-board technology. I'm going to say Royal Caribbean only because you could see everything that was coming up like a week before. And on Disney, they kind of hold that close until the day you get on the ship. All right. Onboard technology. Disney. Definitely hands wow. down. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you can, you can sense our Josh, surprise. you didn't buy the Sorry. Wi-Fi yeah. package, did you? <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to. You're not supposed I to even try. I did not. All right. Good. All right. Good. All right. Food. And this is just overall. I, my wife would be yelling through the wall saying Disney. I will say Disney eked out food. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Royal. All right. Stateroom. And I know this is a little bit of an apples and oranges because you had different categories, but that doesn't matter. Stateroom. I mean, D- Disney with the design with, and by design, I mean the, the stylistic details and the toiletries and the two, the, 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 the whatever bathtub in one side and the toilet in the other. D- how could you not pick Disney? Come on. <laughs> well, you had a cool though. Uh, you had a cool layout in your Royal room. It sounds like so. 
Yeah, but it wasn't Disney. Come on, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Pools and water slides. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. I I I think I'll still go Disney. Yeah. This one should be an easy one, but shows. Oh, yeah, Disney, 100%. Activities on board. I I mean, I think Disney I think again, I think in everything and this is this is what I'll say and I think I said it already is like I feel like Royal is doing a really good job of competing with Disney and trying to play catch up and I feel like they're 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 getting close not to beating them but to being at par but obviously I think Disney wins out still. Service. I will have to go oh man that's that's so hard. Honestly, I'm going to say that's a draw. I felt like our dinner service was better on Royal Caribbean but overall like uh, cast member experience was better on Disney. So I guess Disney wins there. Castaway Key versus Coco. And I'm going to say Key because <laughs> that's what the Bahamians say. Because in Joe Rody, we, in Joe Rody, we trust. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Joe Rody would know, right? Uh, yeah. Obviously, Castaway. Come on, guys. That's, that's another yeah, yeah. easy one. I mean, the final question is just an overall. If you're going to go on another cruise. Well, let me let me ask a different one because he's answered everything Disney. So like if he asked the overall question, <laughs> no, not like, everything. Like it, would be, technology. it would be a sho- shocking upset. I want to ask it a different question, which is just value, like the, the money you paid, the value you received, because there was a huge price difference between your Royal Cruise and your Disney Cruise. And what I'm hearing is they're getting close to Disney. If that's the case... Sounds like Royals a screaming value. So I just kind of want to understand where do you put that calculation, Josh? And and that right there, that is the piece that my wife and I have been talking most about. She she's much more to say, like, well, Disney, right? Disney's better in all these areas. And I go, but is it three times more expensive better? That that's a much more difficult question. Castaway, I think, is so extraordinary with one ship only. That that is a big difference. But as we look at West Coast sailings or Alaska, fill in the blank. Yeah, you have to ask yourself, and I would encourage any listeners who have not gone on a different cruise line to try it just to see. And at the end of the day, each of us individually have to answer, is the price difference worth it for the Disney experience? And for us, for me, I think my knee-jerk reaction is I would probably do two Royal Caribbean cruises and then after doing two, the third one be Disney. That That's my mindset. Because it is three times the price, it'd be much easier to cruise more often and do Royal two times and then Disney on the third and plan a, a bigger thing. Well, Josh, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your candid opinions with everyone. You are an avid mountain biker and actually have a YouTube channel devoted to your mountain biking or love of mountain biking. You want to tell folks where they can find that if they're interested in, uh, in learning more and following along? Yes, if you have it has nothing to do with Disney, but if you do like mountain biking, check out Daily MTB Rider, Daily Mountain Bike Rider on YouTube. You can see my YouTube channel. Well, Josh, thank thank you again for coming on and sharing, and we can't wait to hear more about your future cruising adventures. Yes, I look forward to sharing with you guys, and you better believe I will hit you up, and hopefully, Brian, you won't tell me my next cruise I have planned is canceled before. <laughs> <laughs> 
such a blast talking to Josh about his first time cruising on Disney, his first time cruising really ever aboard Royal Caribbean and Disney, and so glad we could have him on. He was so much fun to talk to, and I didn't even have to do my characteristic mid-show advertisement for touring plans because <laughs> Josh made the case for you. So if you're thinking about booking a vacation, a Disney cruise, or something else, like check out touring plans. I think Josh. So anyway, with that, we do have another five-star review that I'd like to read on the air this week. This one comes from Test52, who writes wonderful podcast. I truly look forward to new episodes and learn so much from this podcast. They are informative, passionate about all things Disney and do a great job filling the void we all feel right now while we can't cruise. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you for that review. We really appreciate it. We truly appreciate all of our listeners out there and so love to hear from you and love getting a chance to read your feedback on the air. So with that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. As always, please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us more of those five-star reviews so we have them to read on the air each week. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. Just browse to youtube.com slash dclduo. You can also join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation or Disney cruise vacation. Just let them know that DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. Or you can head over to patreon.com slash DCL Duo to choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We truly, truly appreciate all of our Patreons out there for helping us to defray the cost of putting out this show week to week. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on this show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.